0: Hey everybody, welcome to another Playful Humans podcast. I'm your host, Mike Montague here at Playful Humans and my guest this week is a creativity and education consultant. Her name is Cindy Burnett. Cindy, uh, we're gonna talk to you about what it's like to play for a living, creativity, education, uh, all kinds of good stuff. You can find out more about Cindy at creativityandeducation.com. She also has her own YouTube channel, Creatubity. So check that out as well. Playful Humans, you can find us at playfulhumans.com where we take the burned out and bored and turn them into the energized and engaged. You can also take a quiz there. So go check it out, playfulhumans.com quiz. cindy welcome to the podcast we like to start out with the joke of the week the joke of the week is brought to you by the new movie constipation it hasn't come out yet uh but check that out uh. <laughs> all right uh so you have a joke would you like to to share sure, not joke not. Of the week with us who's there interrupting cow interrupting cow Ooh. <laughs> Nailed it. That one's one of my favorites for my nieces, yeah. uh, for sure, and a lot tougher to do on Zoom because you have to time right. it.
1: Uh, you can't uh, with the delay. The
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, I had a joke here. Why is 2019 worse than 2020? Why? Because 2021. <laughs> hey, <laughs> uh, all right, so. You uh, were in the education field for a long time. Now you're a consultant helping people with creativity, which is kind of a, an interesting subject because that could mean a lot of things to a lot of people. So I guess that's kind of where I was going to start with you is what's the difference between play,
1: creativity, and education? What is the difference between, okay, there are three different things that all intersected. So, I would say um, let's start with creativity. I usually use the definition of novelty and usefulness, which is sort of the standard definition. Um, and there's two ways of looking at creativity. I like to talk about the expression of creativity and improving on things or sort of the artistic side and the scientific side. And then when it comes to play and playing with ideas, because one of the things I was thinking about in thinking about our conversation today was how do you play? Do you have to have play in creativity? Mm. And I think the answer is yes. And it depends on how you're playing. So may, maybe not sort of silly play but playing with ideas you might do while you're um, improving on ideas. So if you're expressing yourself, then I would say it might be a little bit different and you might think of being more expressive in your play. So that's sort of how creativity and play intersect. And then when it comes to education, I'm always looking at ways to engage students in meaningful ways. And my area of expertise is around integrating creative thinking skills to teach students creative thinking, as well as to make learning more fun and playful. So I think most kids learn best by playing. And we do this as children. And we, st- we stop doing it probably around the fourth grade. And we need to find more ways to bring play in. So I love the work that you're doing, Mike.
0: Well, thanks. And I I love yours. I think it's really interesting because uh, it is kind of so critical in our society and they are overlapped, but a lot of times we suck those things out and we say, oh, we have to work and we have to play or we have to be creative or we have to stay inside the lines. And that's not necessarily true, right? All the time we're creating stuff, we're enjoying the process, and we're learning. You can't have a new idea without learning as part of education, right? Where right. you can't fail and, and play and find new ways to, you know, compete in basketball or uh, whatever your, your play you're doing without being creative and learning so yeah I think that's really interesting Tell me about your career how did you get into creativity and were you always a creative person or do you feel like you were gravitated to it because you weren't
1: No I was absolutely gravitating it toward it because it was something I was passionate about so when I was young I, I as early as walking I can remember dancing I'm a dancer. I'm a musical theater lover. I love musical theater. I grew up, anytime music was playing, I was dancing and uh, went on for my first degree in musical theater and went to New York City, landed a Broadway tour, toured the city, uh, toured the country for six months, uh, finished that and said, I don't wanna learn about this. I don't wanna do this anymore. And someone said, what do you wanna learn about? And I said, I wanna learn about creativity. And that's how I found the path. And, And it actually was sparked by Julia Cameron's book, The Artist's Way, which probably comes up a lot yeah uh, a very popular press book that happened about 25 years over 25 years ago now and that book sort of made me think about what it means to be a creative person and live a creative life and that got me um, learning creativity at the international center for studies and creativity but in terms of who i am as a playful person there i'm sure sh- have you seen the muppet movie yes okay so in in the, one of the most recent ones um, there's a song called Am I a Man or Am I a Muppet? That's a song I frequently sing to my children. <laughs> I, I sometimes think of myself as a Muppet. It's like, <laughs> and just being sort of playful and singing and and dancing when, when music comes on or when music doesn't come on. Um, and fortunately, my children are now... Um, smart enough to realize that if they say something that has any relationship to any musical, that I will start singing that musical for them. So um, have I always lived a creative life? Yes, I was a Von Trapp family uh, in the Von Trapp um, family children when I was young in my head. Um, even though I was the youngest of five um, here in Buffalo. But I always imagined myself singing in The Sound of Music as all the different characters. And so, yes, that's sort of where my play comes and manifests itself.
0: I can relate to that a lot. And you, you gave me a great question here is, I was the same way. I wanted to be in the radio and I would interview my brother and sister, our friends, like when we were playing games and we would create different radio shows and stuff. And whenever I saw people too, I love the the Muppets or uh, stage performers or there was a public speaker that came to our school. I was always like, I would love to do that. How do you get to be that person in the front of the room rather than than out in the crowd? Uh, But I also did it. So I I got my own show on the radio and I realized this as a job is not really for me and I need to recalculate. So I thought I might ask you about that a little bit because it sounds like you did. You kind of lived the childhood dream. You're you're traveling as a a dancer and performer in a a Broadway show, but then you're like, well, wait, this as a job, this as work is something different. It's not... as fun as I thought it would be. So how did you recalculate that? And how is your job now different in the way that it's fulfilling?
1: So I'm someone that has a high preference for novelty. I like newness. And so when, when you're doing theater, and I'm sure it was the same thing when you were doing broadcasting, when you're doing theater, you know, we did the same show something like 180 times. So every day we went to a new place, a new theater, which is new, but really a lot of theaters look very similar. We're staying at a Holiday Inn, you're eating at a Denny's, deck, and then you're performing the show, you walk on stage, and after you've done it, you know, a dozen times it sort of loses its novelty, and it loses its flavor. And and all of a sudden, you know, I I found myself after about four or five months, and it was like, this, this isn't what I want. I want to live a creative life. I want to be creating things and making things and expressing myself in different ways. And, and so that's where I found the field of creativity. And, you know, I worked as an academic for 20 years at the Center for Studies and Creativity at SUNY Buffalo State. And there, you know, I loved teaching, I taught undergrads and grads. And, and there was a lot of novelty in that in terms of how I got to develop my courses. And we ran a massive open online course in everyday creativity, which had 40,000 students that enrolled in it, which was amazing because, you know, here I'm teaching 40,000 people at once. Um, And so I I got to, I had this opportunity to do all this teaching. And and then I went on sabbatical two years ago and I was on a year-long sabbatical. I was in Hawaii, I was on vacation and I sat there and thought, okay, I'm sort of at this juncture of my career, my life. I either stay here for the next 20 years or I do something different. And I thought, I really want to build creativity and education and help every educator and parent be able to bring it into their homes and classrooms. And if I wanna do that full-time, I need to leave my tenured spot. So I I left with hugs and kisses to all of my colleagues over there. And I started building creativity and education. And I have a partner who is... Her name is Izzy, and she is amazingly brilliant and funny, and we play every day together. And I have my creativity partner, my YouTube station um, partner, who is children's book author Barney Salzberg, who wrote the children's book, Beautiful Oops!, which was one of Melinda Gates' top three books that every child should read. And it's all about making mistakes and turning them into something beautiful. And we developed a relationship actually while I was on my sabbatical where we would get together and we would play online. So he lives in L.A., I'm in New York. And we would just get together. We we'd do these fun activities around different creative thinking skills. And I said, you know, we should capture this because this would be a great um, place for teachers to learn how to use the creative thinking skills and do warm-ups. So we've come up with 20 creative thinking challenges, and maybe we'll, I'll show you one later. And we've got tips for teachers. We've got um, next month, we're doing Beautiful Oops Month. So February, we're going to be doing all these oops activities. We've got a workshop for adults on beautiful oops and what it means to make mistakes and turn them into something else. So we're really also taking that play and bringing it into adults and educators' lives.
0: I love that. I haven't heard of uh, Beautiful Oops, but now I'm going to check it out. One of the terms I use is uh, failing spectacularly uh, is one of my favorite things because Mm – I found like there's, there are ways to fail and mess up by just wimping out and by, you know, hiding your light and not, not having any fun by not taking any action. You can lose a lot of the time, mm-hmm. but those to me aren't, aren't interesting. Right. But so when you go for it, when you really put it all out there, when you do like, oh, I forget the American Idol uh, guy now, but I might actually interview him uh, for the podcast. Cause I know somebody that knows him, but uh, William Hung, uh, William Hung, when you sing and fail spectacularly it's interesting to people. You wow. at least have a story to tell there, yes. where if you wimp out, you don't even get a, have a story That's there. Right. You just have regret. And so I think that is a, a really cool concept. And and also about the creativity. So tell us about uh, creativity and, and what maybe the average person doesn't know or, or would have misconceptions about what they think creativity means.
1: So where I focus my energy is on creative thinking skills. So do you play a sport, Mike?
0: Uh, I've played lots of sports. Yeah. Soccer was my best one.
1: Soccer. So um, to be a good soccer player, what are the skills you need to have?
0: Wow. I don't know if I'm going to go where uh, I would say you definitely need endurance. Uh, you definitely need touch, be a good teammate, Yep. and then be able to, uh, to think on your feet and improvise in the situation.
1: Okay. So it's not just about one skill, right? Right. So the same is true with creativity, is we often look at creativity and we think it's about one thing. Um, some people think it's just about coming up with original ideas. Some people think it's about divergent thinking. And those are certainly skills related to the creative person. But there's so much to being a creative person. And E. Paul Torrance, who is known as the father of creativity in education, who died in 2003, he had these beyonder skills. And I I use a lot of those skills in the work that I do. So these skills include things like breaking through and extending the boundaries, enjoying and using fantasy, which is like imagination, um, tolerance for ambiguity or uncertainty, um, being open and being playful, enjoying and using humor, being um, expressive So all of these things contribute to you being a creative person. So that's, Mm -hmm. I think, one of the biggest misconceptions is that it's just like one thing. Like, oh, I want to be more creative. What does that mean? Well, it means a lot of things. And you can find areas of strength that you have in creativity. So my mother always says, oh, I'm not creative. I'm like, but you are amazing at looking at something and figuring out how you can improve it, which is a creativity skill. And I'm not as strong at at doing that, but you are. So really looking at where your strengths are creatively and that we're all, we all sort of have a constellation of different skills and abilities that are our strengths and that we should focus on those.
0: Yeah. I love that message. Two things came to mind for me. One is uh, that's why we created the quiz at playfulhumans.com slash quizzes. There's different types of play, right? You might be athletic and be able to move and play, or you might be an artist or a painter, but just because you don't paint doesn't mean you're not creative or you're not playful because you don't play board games, right? That those are different, totally different things. And I also uh, love what you said there about there, there's a scale. Nobody is not creative. Nobody is a zero, like just automaton robot, <laughs> right? But so many times in our society, we try and make it binary. I'm creative or I'm not. And it's not, it's a, it's a scale. It's a bunch. Of different things, it's a, a messy kind of thing, which is great because that's what makes it interesting, right? For me, yeah. How do you recommend people get started if they feel like they want to be more playful or more creative? And and I would accept that, right? If somebody says I'm not very creative, well, you're probably not, but that means you're you're not trying at it or, or working. I I mean, I'm not very uh, good at playing the tuba, but I've never tried, uh, right? <laughs> right? So. Um, so if somebody's in that situation and they're listening to this podcast because they want more fun,
1: mm-hmm.
0: playing creativity in their life, what would you recommend?
1: I would recommend they think about their childhoods and think about was there a time in their childhood they enjoyed playing? Um, I know as a child, like I said, I'd love to put on, you know, a record because we had records back then, but put on a record and sing and dance. And I still, you know, will do that in my house. And I just think that if we sort of tap back into like things that we've enjoyed in our life that are playful. Uh, that it's fun. And and sometimes you need a a child to be with you or just even watching a child anywhere. You can see their like natural sense of play. So I would say keep open and try something new or go and learn something new or go spend some time with some kids.
0: Yeah, and then what about creativity specifically? I know you have a ton of exercises here, but do you have any um, go-to thoughts around, you know, generating ideas or just being more creative? type person? Innovative? I think
1: when I'm asked this question, I was going to um, deferring judgment and keeping open and the way we respond to new ideas. So sometimes if you just monitor your judgment for the day. So if you wake up and you go, Oh God, I just, I, and it's going to be a bad day. I've got meetings all day. Well, guess what? you're probably going to have a bad day if you've got that, you know, you, you put a judgment on the day already. So just pausing and saying, okay, why do I feel like this is going to be a bad day? I think it's going to be a good day. I've got meetings all day. I've got great opportunities to talk with people, you know, and then as you go throughout your day and, and you know, we're consumed by by the media and, you know, everything that's sort of happening in the world and to just really stop and go, you know, it's very quick. It's very easy to be judgmental and to really stop and go, all right, why am I judging this? How is it impacting me and what can I do about it? So really just keeping open to, to newness and to opposing viewpoints, which I think is really challenging right now, um, especially with so much information out there and such strong beliefs, which I understand and respect. And and to say, you know, I, I have beliefs on things and you have beliefs and that's OK. And but I'm going to I'm going to really listen and understand instead of just immediately reject, because so often we just immediately reject ideas if they don't align with our values and our perspective and our way of life. So sometimes the novelty can be found there and the creativity can be found there if we just keep open to it.
0: Yeah, that's great. And now I want to wanna flip it on you because I've also found kind of any strength to an extreme is a weakness. So if you're not playing at all on having any fun or you're not creating any new ideas, that that's going to be boring and it's going to hurt you long-term. But I guess there's also people that go too far and they're like, oh, everything has to be creative or they have no restrictions, which also inhibits your creativity because you need boundaries for this or sometimes like a, a, a purpose or movement or you even just have to rest and recover or there's times to be serious. Have you found that to be true? Is it possible to be too creative or... or- you know, kind of push it too far.
1: Well, Ron Veghetto and James Kaufman, who are two scholars in the field of creativity, wrote a great article on being Superman, and they did an amazing job at really um, outlining appropriateness and creativity. And you can find this article online if you search it. Um, and what they talk about is, and I use this a lot in education as a framework for teachers because oftentimes teachers are like, "Well, I don't want my kids to be creative all the time. It's just going to be chaotic." It's yeah. that's such a misconception, and I always say you need to teach your students when it's appropriate to be Superman and when they need to put on their cape and say, okay, it's time to be creative. And this is why it's appropriate right now. And then other times you really need to think through and go, okay, it's not appropriate. You need Clark Kent right now and we need to focus and we need to stay serious. And I'm going to teach you some things, you know, it doesn't always, everything doesn't need to be creative all the time because we would be exhausted. We only have a, a certain amount of creative energy. So if I woke up and said, okay, what am I like? Let's generate a bunch of options for breakfast this morning. It's like, then I'm, I'm wasting that creative energy that you have to figure out that I just want a bowl, bowl of Cheerios. Right. Mm-hmm. And you go, okay. So that's not a good use of, of my creative energy. So where throughout the day, is it the best use of my creative um, self to come out and, and be Superman or Superwoman?
0: Yeah, that's great. I, I love that one too. I use Superman and Clark Kent a lot. And you mentioned breakfast cereals. So here's a bonus joke. Do you know what magicians have for breakfast?
1: Mm,
0: no. Tricks cereal. Oh, <laughs> All right. Oh, oh, oh. Like it. <laughs> okay. So, um, i want to follow up on that because you said something interesting which i think is exactly where i was trying to go is in work or in um in the classroom i feel like there is a balance we want creativity we want fun to keep people engaged but we also need a little bit of productivity or we need to accomplish some tasks maybe you know the curriculum or whatever and get people prepared for a test or get a product out the door yeah have you found a balance is there like a 70 30 mix 50 50 or anything that's ideal Deal or is it just situational?
1: Well, I think it's situational, and I think you have to sort of manage the polarity around it. And Mm. so, you know, you have sort of a lot of structure and a lot of, you know, sort of I want to call it rote learning, and then you have sort of creative learning. And, you know, you you need to manage the balance so that students aren't just sitting there all the time just doing these worksheets, which drives me bananas. I, I mean, I think worksheets may help some kids. But when it's all that, it's not a good idea. I've also been in a situation um, where I've watched teachers who have, who are highly creative, amazing teachers, but they want to do creative things every single day. And, you know, they're exhausted at the end of the day. And, you know, the kids are burned out because every day is sort yeah. of like the fourth, of, you know, I call it the fourth of July effect, you know, that every day has to be like the fourth of July. You need to have fireworks. and It needs to be like this exciting thing. But there's also a lot of benefit in having the, um, the routines for students. So, Mm -hmm. you know, they want to come in, they know that they're going to have work at their table. They're going to focus on their work. They're going to get, you know, integrated into the classroom. You don't need to like have them come in and necessarily be banging drums. And from the the moment they walk into the moment they leave. So it, it is about managing that polarity.
0: Yeah, I found that a lot in in work too. That we need employees to have time to think uh, about stuff. We need time for them to be social and play, and we need time to get work done. and And all those are are tough balances. But again, that's why we get paid as managers and leaders and and teachers to keep these things on track. and And uh, and that's why I think it's interesting, right? If we all had it figured out, there's there's not very much, uh, very many places to go. So. I guess a good question for you might be, is there anything else I should have asked? Or what's the best question you've been asked by teachers or, or people in this pursuit?
1: Mm, what's the best question? Okay, so I would say the, the biggest challenge that teachers often face when I talk with them is um, they say, okay, Cindy, I get creativity. I watched, you know, they always say, I've watched the Sir Ken Robinson video. I get the creativity is important. So how do I do it? Because he, doesn't t- he never talked about, like, how do you actually do it tomorrow? So how do you do it? And how do you do it when you're already pressed for time? So I've got no extra time. So I can't teach a course on creativity. So what do I need to do? So I actually bring in E. Paul Torrance's work around weaving creativity skills into the content. So if you're teaching, and I actually wrote a book about this, um, that's a compilation of hundreds of teachers I've worked with over the last 10 years who have thought about how can I bring something like curiosity into my classroom? And I'll just give you a quick example. This is before COVID times, where instead of having your students go and read a passage and find a bunch of answers, you give them a pack of 20 post-its and they have to come in with 20 questions they have about what they read. And that's to ignite their curiosity. And when they come in, they post all of their questions up on the board. You take their attendance and then you start the conversation with the questions. So it's a, it's a shift, you know, it's like a quick shift of like, I don't have to know all the answers. I can just keep asking questions and that's going to engage students in rich and meaningful ways. So uh, that's the weaving book and it's got hundreds of ideas for teachers that will help them integrate different skills. As I mentioned earlier, it's like the soccer skills, the different creativity skills. And there are 20 of them that I focus on into the classroom and how to integrate them into the classroom.
0: That's awesome. Well, once again, we're talking with Cindy Barnett, and you can find her at creativityandeducation.com, or Creatubity is the YouTube channel. Check out those, and I'm sure there's links there to uh, all of this other stuff, and you can find those books and resources. That's amazing. Uh, so we like to end here by playing a game because it's a playfulness uh, podcast, but I always say you can't force anybody to have fun. So would you like to play or would you like I to walk always get like to play? All right. We're going to spin our wheel o games and find out what it lands on here. Uh, you got uh, choose your own
1: game. Uh, so you get to make one up. What game would you like to play today? Well, I'd love to show you one of our activities from our creativity station. If you'd like me to.
0: Uh, oh, I would love that. I okay. need to be more creative myself. So
1: sure. Barney Salzberg, um, as I mentioned, um, we're doing Oops Month. So we just recorded a video. It's not even out yet. So I'm giving you a sneak peek at this particular exercise. But what you're going to do is, do you have a sheet of paper there, Mike? Uh, yeah, I got one. Okay. Can you take the sheet of paper and can you fold the bottom third up? And so you're going you're gonna to have the sheet of paper horizontal. Can you show us?
0: Uh, oh, sheet of paper horizontal. All right. I went vertical. Hang on. Let me fix it.
1: You could do it. You could technically do it. So what you're going Uh, to do is you're going to hold up like this. Okay. Now you're going to use the whole page to write. You could write your name. You could write the word play. um, Anything you want. Just pick a word and write it across your sheet of paper. And we're writing over the fold, right? Yes. Write over the fold. So I'll show you mine. It says play. All right. Awesome.
0: Oops. I'm writing on the mouse pad. I'm getting lots of oops today. All right. You put that word in there. This part is awesome for the podcast listeners. We'll cut out the uh, the awkward silence, but all right, I got it. Uh, now I am uh, ready to go.
1: Okay. So now what you're going to do is you're going to take the bottom third and you're going to unfold it. So you'll see yeah. what mine looks like is like a D, an I, um, and a triangle and a V. Let me see yours. Yeah. Can I see yours? Uh,
0: got it. Yep. Uh, I was going playful. That's my word of the year. So I, I feel awesome. like I'm copying yours. That's not very creative, but okay. we'll get creative. So now, here. What
1: you're going to do is you're going to take what you have there and you're going to create an entirely different picture. So you can't, you have to release the word play and you have to actually play with what you have there to create a picture. Okay. Okay.
0: And yeah, we'll do I got it that. in
1: about a minute. Ready? Got it. Go. <laughs> and stop all right uh,
0: this is i'm pretty proud of this actually i i got a guy and a door a teepee a tree <laughs> a smokestack and a building
1: excellent well there's the great thing about this is there's no wrong way to do it so it's really just about having fun
0: yeah and i like um thinking about the word. So you could use that in any different context. You could have a word, you can make them pick a word and then creating pictures out of it, solidify it in your mind too, right? You're repeating that concept over and over again and and pictures. So that one's awesome. Uh, Well, thank you for playing with us. Uh, i mentioned the website and stuff. Anything else we can do
1: to help and and support you and your cause? You know, we also have two apps. We have an, an app for parents and an app for teachers that gives them hundreds of ideas to integrate creativity into homes and schools. So check out our apps too.
0: That is awesome. We will do it. Again, it's creativityandeducation.com, Cindy Barnett and uh Creativity. I'm going to subscribe to that YouTube channel right now. If you're watching the video, you're already on YouTube, go do it. I'll put the link below in the show notes. Uh, also, if you're listening to the podcast, we'll put links there as well and Playful humans, playfulhumans.com take that free personality quiz subscribe to the community we call it the clubhouse find other people that are trying to play and have more fun playfulhumans.com until next time if you can't be good be good at it that's what i always say don't wait for them.
1: button play.